morning, everybody. It's Jeff Goldberg for the Sales Pro Network. It is Friday, October 8th. I'm excited to be here as always. As you know, I'm a sales coach and trainer. I work with both individuals and organizations to help them get measurable and sustainable sales increases. And I founded the Sales Pro Network to help you and me both earn more income by selling with integrity, selling through conversational selling skills, and just having a great community of salespeople who are like-minded. It's a place where you can share your successes, your challenges. You can come and ask for advice. I've invited a lot of my competitors to be here. We're all happy to give advice. And as you know, every Friday morning at 10 a.m., we either do a live training with me or I invite a guest who can add value to the profession of sales. And today is no exception as always. I'm going to introduce you in a moment, but first I wanna say that this may not be our typical Friday speaker. Uh, normally, I bring somebody who knows about marketing or sales trainers like myself. But today, it's my pleasure to introduce you to my new friend, Holly Hartman. Good morning, Holly. Hi, good morning, everybody. So yes. excited to be here. It's great to see you. Would you just take a moment? Oh, by the way, before I say that, uh, somebody just said, good morning, Jeff. If you have not connected your Facebook account to StreamYard, it just says Facebook user on our page. So good morning to whoever said good morning. If you didn't connect your, your Facebook to StreamYard, if you make a comment, please do say who you are. And if you are watching live, please say hello. We'd love that. If you have any questions for Holly as we're speaking, please toss them in the comments and I'll make sure she gets them. And if you're watching us later on on the replay, please put replay in the comments so that we know you are here. So Holly, let's start out with, would you tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you up to what you're doing now? Yes. Yeah, so, well, I am a professional cycle breaker and a self-love and solo dating expert. But I also have a background in sales and marketing. So, you know, I know what, what you guys do and how you do it um, so that I have that wheelhouse. But where I got to where I'm at today was really my own healing journey. And um, I left an abusive marriage a couple of years ago. And part of my own healing journey was saying, why was I in that situation? And then what can I do to get out? And on that journey, I discovered my authentic self. I realized that I was not showing up as my authentic self. And on my healing journey, uncovering who that was, I realized how it impacted every facet of my life, both in work, life, um, family, relationships, everything is affected when we don't show up as our authentic selves. And I love what you talked about integrity when you, you do your intro. That's really what this is about, is showing up in integrity. And when we show up as our authentic self, we're integrity with who we are. And we attract better. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, one, one of the things that I found, it, being in sales for almost 50 years now, you know, things were a lot different when I started out. Many things have changed. Many things haven't. But you know, uh, salespeople have a bad reputation and often for good reason. I think it was more prevalent when I started selling, but there are still people who sell, you know, they'll do say or, or they'll lie, they'll cheat, they'll steal, they'll do whatever they need to to get a sale. I believe that it's just the wrong thing to do. I, I live in integrity, period. But certainly I, I, I refuse. I came to a point when I was 31 years old and said, I will never again lie to make money or to have sex with women. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just find it. I find you can do both really well by being in, in, integral, having have a true integrity. Good morning, Steve Kent. I'm glad that you put your name in there. Always happy to see you. Good morning, Don Levine, our executive recruiter friend from Westbury, Long Island. Um, 
don't I want I don't want to talk about it yet because I'm going to ask you about it later. But one of the things that attracted me to Holly was this solo dating challenge. Being a single person, I'm like solo dating. I want to know more about that, but we'll get to that one later on. So the first thing I wanted to bring up was I saw when I was doing some research on you that you're a fan of somebody who I'm a huge fan of, also Brene Brown. I love Brene Brown. What first attracted you to her, and what have you really learned from her? What do you like about her so much? Yeah. So I'm also a woman in recovery. I just celebrated 12 years of sobriety um, just on past Sunday. And so part of my own, thank you, (laughs) part of my own recovery, I had a friend reach out and say, have you ever heard of Brene Brown? Um, Because again, I was in the middle of an abusive relationship trying to figure out things. And as I discovered what she talks about, this shame, this vulnerability, connection, authenticity, she was a big game changer in my own healing journey, reading, I've read all of her books, all of them. I love the um, gifts of imperfection, because it allows us to show up as our authentic self and be unapologetic about it. And she's life changing in the fact that she is um, she's shifted the dynamic of talk about shame, about um, being who you are, and that that is what the world needs. We don't need all the same person in a black tie, black suit, all the same person. We need all this variety and this showing up as your true self. That's what the world needs. And so I love what she shares in that. And she has made a big impact in my life. Yeah, you used a word just a moment ago that I use about her also, life-changing. Her book, The Power of Vulnerability, seriously, I I was driving up to see a client and listen to it for two hours. And I'm like, oh my, it literally was life-changing. She's amazing. And I I adore her. I could watch her all day long. Good morning, Franco Hebler from down in Texas. Good to see you here. So um, how do you define what a transformational life coach actually does? I mean, it, it sounds pretty obvious, but can you go a little bit deeper? Yeah, many of the clients that come to me, they are basically in survival mode or they're just super unsatisfied with life. So we really have to go back to like, what's the root of that? What's going on? So I'm also a trauma and recovery coach because oftentimes the people I work with have experienced some kind of trauma in their life. And I'm going to say that 90% of the people have experienced some kind of trauma. They may not realize it was trauma. And then they're just showing up patterns and cycles in their life that just keep repeating. So if you've been through many jobs and dead end jobs and that you keep switching, there's probably a reason for that. So we're going to go back to what that reason is and then figure out what your core values are and flip the script on that. So for me, foundational work of discovering your core values is really important um, because that becomes a compass and a guide to get you to where you want to change that cycle to move forward. Yeah, I actually work with a transformational life coach. Uh, she has truly transformed my life. I mean, uh, it, it, I, I've I've spent tens of thousands of dollars and hundreds of hundreds of hours sitting in seminar rooms with all kinds of gurus. Some for who I followed for years and years and years. And in the year and a half I've worked with uh, my coach, it made a quantum difference. It, it, it really it, look. I, I love all that stuff. I'm a junkie for for that kind of stuff. I love the metaphysical and you know quantum mechanics and all that stuff. It's very cool, but none of it really made a huge difference in my life. It was just a cool experience that kind of leaves you excited and then doesn't really do anything for you. Working directly with this particular coach, mind blowing, just amazing. And when you find the right coach, that that's what it is. And often it is a matter of that right mix, that you know the right person for you, because not everybody's, I know in my business, I'm not right for everybody and not everybody's right for me. You know, some people don't like wisecracking Jews from New York. Sorry, that's what you get with me. Uh, but, but yeah, that right person, that right coach is absolutely spectacular. And uh, 
I, I, I want to do something now that I don't normally do, guys. But uh, one of the things I recommend you all do is always be looking for the tendrils of networking for where you can either network with somebody or help somebody else. So I'm going to take two seconds now. Would you like to meet another person who also works with people who are healing? Because I've got somebody fantastic. Her name is Debbie Silver. I yes. know her well. I will, I will make an introduction for you. Thank you. You're very welcome. So um, one of the things I saw on there uh, on your website was that you describe yourself as an empath and an Enneagram 2. I know what empathy is, but what does an Enneagram 2 mean? Or would you like to describe what an empath does and what, what's an Enneagram 2? I think yeah. you're, the healer, was that it? Yeah. So the Enneagram is, and I appreciate you bringing that up because that's, when we talk about our personal development and our growth, and a lot of what I do with my transformational work is help people become more self-aware. And the Enneagram is just another tool similar to like Myers-Briggs and some of these other personal assessments. It gives you an opportunity to uncover and discover who you are and dig a little bit deeper. And for me personally, I think the Enneagram is more powerful than the Myers-Briggs, but that's just, you know, so it's a personality trait. There's nine different ones. And, um, and then there's facets of it as well. There are assessments you can take online that are free. However, professionals and people that teach that there are coaches that teach this um, saying reading the books and really doing that self-discovery journey where you're journaling and really reflecting. Is this me? Is this who I am? But what I love about it with the Enneagram is there's a scale on it. You can show up as a healthy. And so I'm a two. I'm an Enneagram two. show up healthy. But as you go or unhealthy and as you move up the scale, it, it shifts and there's certain characteristics that happen, but the way you perceive the world is different. So in business, I, like for me, I do a lot of recovery work with women. I have them figure out what their Enneagram is because then now I know how they perceive the world. And so I don't take things personally. I know how to communicate with them better because um, someone that might be a six is a loyalist. So talking about, you know, this loyalty, how we're going to build trust. All these words are going to connect with them because connection is my top core value. So Enneagram is an amazing tool if you've not experienced. So I'm the helper. So the whole core being of me is about love, compassion, connection, how I can serve. Like that is my core being. Like if it doesn't do that, it's going to feel icky to me. <laughs> like, But I have to watch the codependency. And that's part of my recovery. Because as a two that's unhealthy, we will give, 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 give till we are bone dry. And then we don't have that reciprocation or we don't allow people to to we don't receive. And so that's where we have to watch. But when you see this that is a business dynamic, if anybody's listening that um, manages people and you want to do a training around this, this is a wonderful tool to get to know your team, to then understand people. And it's also great to do in your relationships. So. Got it. That's great. Yeah, I, I'm a big I, I love taking those kind of things. And uh, I find that a lot of them are just full of crap, but every now and then you find one that's really good. This sounds terrific. I just found something the other day because somebody mentioned online, I think it's the PQ, something like that. And I've, uh, I've taken the DISC assessment more than once. Mm -hmm. uh, if you know the DISC assessment, you can probably guess I'm a high D, which is no, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but yeah, it can be very useful for self uh, self knowledge. And when you have salespeople that you're working with, that you're managing, really useful to know who they are. because. Uh, I worked with somebody who was the opposite of me. He was a low I, which is completely opposite. You know, I'm very dominant and dry, driven. Mm -hmm. He's more introverted. And 
uh, you know, I, I will I tend to roll over people. And by understanding who he was, that would not help him at all to support him in his journey and what he needs to do to be successful in sales. So I love that kind of stuff. Good morning, Ben Gipps, one of my very favorite salespeople in the world. And good morning, Phil Danielle, a true sales professional and an excellent sales manager, MVP sales. Um, there was something else I noticed on your website. What does the hummingbird mean to you? The hummingbird, well, I was really drawn to that in the sense that they're they're always in motion, they're in activity, but they have this positive insight and this and this freedom about them. And so, especially coming as somebody as as a survivor and thriver of domestic violence abuse, this drawing to freedom and and it's authentic. It's it's its own self, but it's also ever changing. And so that's I mean, especially in the climate that we've been in with COVID, if you can't pivot, it's really hard to be successful. And so that's my whole life. I I, I thrive in change. I thrive in what, what can I do to grow? And so that's really what I try to do with my clients is help them feel good with their freedom and move and pivot and, and feel free in their flow of where they're going next. Got it. Yeah. Uh, what you were saying earlier about, you know, giving, 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 giving and giving too much uh, really rang true for me. Uh, not that that's really me. I, I do love to give. I love to help people. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that to be altruistic. I do feel good when I help people, but I love getting paid for it. Uh, but my sister, is that way also and by the way she just it's it's either she just celebrated either 20 or 21 years of uh sobriety from nar narcotics uh just an amazing journey where she was with near death as far as I, I i'm concerned doing horrible things and somehow pulled her life together so i'm a big fan of anything that helps with that mm -hmm. um how can somebody actually discover because I, I saw you talk about this too their own core values and when, when i look at that question you know it, it really takes some very deep introspection to say what am i really about how do people go about discovering what are my true core values yeah so i actually have a workshop um that i that i promote it's 20 bucks it's easy it's something that you can do online on your own but it's a journaling exercise it is about really digging deep and figuring out but some of the questions we ask are like think about times in your life when you were most happy when you were a child in college in you know your work life your relationships you know think of three to five situations where that happens and then we talk about times in your life when you were most proud a lot of people that I work with, they're like, who pride? Pride's it. No, like we need to be proud of ourselves and celebrate ourselves. Think about times when you were really proud of yourself, whether it was graduation or giving birth to a child or, you know, you hit the million dollar sale, whatever it is that you're proud of. Talk about those times in your life. And then also looking at times in your life when you felt fulfilled. And a lot of people get stuck on that. They're like, fulfilled. What does that look like? So we're really looking at these patterns in our life where good things were happening. And then I do take it another level if people want to go where you also look at times in your life when negative things were happening. And so you have that 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 um, just position or that that opposite look at like what in your life because these patterns tell us where we're going, right? So I tell people if you're anxious, if you're depressed, if you're feeling a lot of negative emotions, most likely you're going against your core values. Somebody's in your life that's that's pinging against them, or you're choosing a lifestyle that goes against your core values. So this for me is truly the compass. So you look at all the good times in your life, and then you look at a list, and you just intuitively circle them and figure out like what what pops out after I've done this self reflection time, this journaling time, and I 
I recommend meditating beforehand. So you're like really centered in who you are. And like you set that intention. I'm here for this. Not like, oh, I got to do another task or, you know, you really got to come in in an open mind and that you're you're here to really connect with your true self. And then when you shift into that and you look at the list, then you narrow it down to like your top 10. And then when I tell people now you got to go to five, they're like, no, I can't. (laughs) It's like it doesn't mean that those values aren't important to you, but it's really important to uncover and discover what your top five are. And then you take it a step further. Then you actually balance it out. You go, okay, which one's my top? Because in business and life and all the things we do, there's going to be things that might even conflict with it. You may have to make a decision that your top core value is more important than even your fifth level one. Um, They may conflict. And so knowing that, and I had a relationship honestly end recently where that was, we had very similar core values. It was the best relationship I've had, um, but his need for freedom was two notches above mine. And my need for connection was two notches below his. And and that really ultimately was the end of it. But to have that healthy conversation at the end and say, that's what this is. I'm like, I've got to honor that. That's who you are. And I can love you through it. And we're good. So it allows you to make healthy decisions, have healthy boundaries with people. When you have that there, and I keep it on my phone, I tell people, know it, memorize it. Don't just do this task and be like, oh, that was nice. No, use it as a compass because you will start to see you'll be confident in your decisions. You'll make healthier boundaries. And when you have to have these difficult conversations, you will be confident in that conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing the shift that happens. Wow. Yeah, I find that in my experience, people are very, very good at remembering stuff that went wrong or bad or or that was hurtful. And they are not very good at remembering the good times. Uh, For me, I had both pride and fulfillment, excuse me, just last night. And um, one of the things that I do, and this is directly taken from somebody who I admire greatly, Tony Robbins, is called anchoring. Uh, Tony does this. He beats his chest to anchor things. I came up with this and you can't really see it. I pull my arm and go, yes. Uh, Like if I close a deal, yes. Last night for the fourth time in the last three weeks, I did stand up comedy. I was in front of 75 people and I killed last night. And believe me, when I got off, it was like, yes, no better feeling. Because I find that when you anchor something by doing the anchor at a time when you're not feeling it, it brings you back to that feeling. You actually remember and feel it physically. So uh, I I love that kind of thing. Um, In coaching, somebody said, I can't tell who this is, but uh, somebody said similar to the five languages of love. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. So um, in your coaching, you say that you help people to go deep and recover parts of you that have been lost along the way. What does that mean? And what parts are we talking about? Well, you know, oftentimes the the people that I work with have experienced trauma and they're in the middle of recovery. And um, oftentimes they they just mirror whoever they're around or they're a chameleon. They'll they'll be the good the good girl. The um, they wear a mask. And so we're really trying to uncover when you no longer felt safe to be your authentic self, we're going to try to get to that place. And so it is using these tools of the Enneagram, of the core values and holding a safe space for people to feel comfortable to be their their own self. And sometimes it, it comes out ugly because they're not used to it. They don't have the words. It's like learning a new language because you have become this model of something else. And we need to uncover who that one person is that and so that's why the core values are important when we're talking about when were you happy because when you were happy you were showing up as your authentic self when you were 
felt pride, you were probably in your authentic self. When you were feeling fulfilled, you were showing. So we're going and painting that picture and go, okay, so when you were that way, show up now this, you know, in your adult life, it's okay to do that. It's safe to do that. Um, Sometimes it's not in the beginning because of the people that we're around. And then we have to cultivate that environment. And sometimes it means leaving some people behind. And so holding space for people as they're holding healthy boundaries is messy sometimes. And, and Brene Brown talks about that. You know, we it's safe people. And what for my experience, I read a book called Healing from Hidden Abuse by Shannon Thomas. And I do recommend it because it talks about um, toxic relationships, even at work, um, in spiritual places and family. Um, for me, it was as if I was in the middle of this dark forest after reading this book and someone had shown a light down on me and I was surrounded by angry wolves. And I realized at that point how many toxic relationships I was in because I was just people pleasing. I was just trying to survive. And that was my survival skill. And as I uncovered who I was, I had to let go of a lot of those relationships that no longer served me. But now I attract in my life the ones that do. I want to talk more about that in a minute. But uh, in, in my research and journey, uh, what I've discovered is that almost everything that's going on in our lives is really just a result of something that was unresolved before the age of eight, maybe nine. Um, And I I had something interesting happen to me. uh, It might have been two or three years ago. So I I, I live a block from the ocean and I love to go to the beach and I have a dear friend who actually just moved away. But he, used, he owns his own business also, and he used to call me up often during the summer, you know, about 11 o'clock. Hey, can you get away this afternoon? I'll come over. We'll hang out. And he'd always bring over something for us to eat for lunch. And whatever he brought over was, you know, was what I would eat. And um, one day he calls me up. Hey, can you get away? Yes, I can. Great. I'll come over. Uh, uh, I'll bring turkey sandwiches. And I said, great. See you later. And I hung up and I said, I hate turkey sandwiches. Why, why, why did I just tell him I, I'll eat a turkey sandwich? And the truth is that maybe about a quarter of the time he would come over with something that I didn't want. So I actually said, I should just call him up and say, I don't want a turkey sandwich. No, I don't want to do that. And I actually stopped and thought about it. And it, it took a little while, but I figured out that I was being run by my father leaving, d- divorcing my mom and leaving us at the age of eight. And I had a fear that if I didn't make people happy in every way and agree to do whatever they wanted, that people would leave me. I'm actually starting to tear up just telling you this. But uh, I called up my friend and I said, I think this is probably going to sound crazy to you, but I don't like turkey sandwiches. He goes, I brought them over a bunch of times. Why didn't you tell me before? I said, this is going to sound crazy too, but I thought if if I didn't eat what you brought over, you wouldn't be my friend anymore. And he was... I'm going to use a word that's no longer politically correct, but he said it. He goes, are you retarded? I mean, nothing could have me stop loving you, especially not a turkey sandwich. So we're run by this stupid stuff that happened to us. I mean, I'm 66 years old. Well, at that point, I was 63 and I'm still being run by. I hope my friends don't don't stop loving me. So it's it's often you do have to go deep and really take a look at what's going on. And that was that's really one of the most miraculous things that's come from my coach. Yeah. Uh, like like you, I can see she 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 just looks right through me. <laughs> Every bullshit I give her, she'll, she does what you just did. She just laughs at me. <laughs> That's not it, Jeff. Look inside. And it, it's, it's really very cool stuff. And anybody who, who doesn't believe in this stuff, my urging is just give it a try. Uh, yeah. it, you know, it, it, you're never too old to 
learn something new about yourself that can help you live the rest of your days, however long they are, to your fullest. And that's what my coach does. She helps people be their best version of themselves. And I know you do the same. Can I just say thank you for that vulnerability? I just uh, really cherish that. And that that's what I do is those breaking those toxic cycles that we we don't see it as a cycle. And there's something called the body keeps score. It's a trauma. It's a book on trauma. And it's about these things that come up that we don't even realize we're doing these patterns until we become aware. And, and it's working with a coach and it's working with support networks. And when you're digging deep, you'll start to become aware and stop yourself. And so I say I give the voice to the voiceless because I'm helping you discover your voice again. Most people in that experience that you shared, they're um, afraid of abandonment and rejection. Like those are the two big things of why we don't show up and why we don't say, I don't want that turkey sandwich because I'm scared to death of fear of rejection, whichever one or abandonment, all those things um, or judgment. Those are like the big things that stop us from showing up being authentic. But when we start to share our voice with safe people and say, really the turkey sandwich. And then, and then you get that feedback and say, well, no, I would love you anyway. You're like, okay. So then the next time when we have that opportunity to say, I don't like that turkey sandwich to somebody else, we get to like, it's like working a muscle and we get to like massage that muscle and go, okay, it's okay. Like we exercise. I did. Okay. I didn't die by saying I didn't want that turkey sandwich and everything was okay. So maybe next time when it's a little bit bigger or the, the, the risk is a little higher, Maybe I can speak my voice again. And so it's not an overnight change. It's these little moments where you get this opportunity to speak your truth and show up authentically. That's when you start to see these shifts, but you celebrated it. And then you were vulnerable in sharing. So I, I didn't mean to hi hijack, but I no, wanted no, no. to address Perfect. that. Well, and not only that, it feels good. It feels good. Well, first of all, it feels good to hear a friend say, there's nothing you can do to not make me love you. And second of all, I didn't have to eat any more turkey sandwiches. It was, it was terrific. And, and something else you just said, I think is, is crucially important. Um, just the thought as you were speaking, I'm, oh, I'm going to tell her the story about the turkey sandwich. There was like, oh, what if people think I'm an idiot for doing that? There's always that little voice in your head that's trying to stop you from being your authentic self because it is dangerous. People like it or not, the way of the world is people do judge you based on how you look, what you say, the things that you believe in. You know, a perfect example is politics. You like Trump, you don't like Trump. Half the country is not going to believe in you or agree with you, whichever way you're on. And it is dangerous, especially in the business world. I can tell you for a fact that uh, my coach, uh, it took her two years, but I was railing on Facebook. And I mean, I was almost abusive sometimes in my views about politics. And she begged me to stop. Uh, uh, I, I was just so out of my mind from what was going on that I felt I needed to get it out. But when she, when I finally heard what she was saying, I realized that all the venom, uh, I'm very good, I'm very articulate, I'm very good at making people look like idiots. And I, I, I discovered that what I was doing was really poison. So I was hurting other people. I certainly wasn't changing any minds and that poison was poisoning me. And the thought that I was just getting it out, I wasn't really. So, so it, it, it really is great to have somebody else who can help you through that point, you know, hold up the mirror. That, that's another thing she taught me that, uh, uh, that really was life-changing for me, which is you can only change the person in the mirror because I've worked hard to change the people around me, especially my now ex-wife. And I had a huge 
like a quantum shift in my relationship with my ex-wife when I realized she wasn't wrong about everything and I, that I was at least 50% responsible and called her and told her that. Mm-hmm. And we've had a great relationship since that conversation. It's, it's truly, it's, well, it's not astounding. It, it's obvious when after it's done, but really amazing. What, why, why is accountability? You talk about that a lot too. Why is accountability so important in your coaching practice? Well, it's important because we're creatures of habit and it's so easy to fall back to who we used to be. Even though our heart's desire is to change, it's real easy to get back into our comfort zone. So we need somebody that is safe to go back to and say, even if you failed, even if you failed miserably on the task that that your coach gave you, but to be able to come back and just say, you know, that's a part of the human experience. Nobody is perfect, but being able to have somebody that you can go back to like, okay, I failed, but I'm, I'm coming, I'm hopping back on the horse. I'm ready to ride again. You know, having somebody that is there for you and knowing that will keep you moving forward. If not, it's easy to hide in the shadows. It's easy to play the game and you can show it on social media and act like you got your, your stuff together. That, that's not always the truth. That's not, <laughs> you know, the, the picture people paint is not always the truth. Everybody's life look per- looks perfect on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's the highlight reel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do the same thing, by the way, you know, in my sales coaching practice, uh, almost every session ends with some promise to me about the prospecting they're going to do. By the way, not me telling them how much prospecting to do. It's just them making a commitment. And I use that word all the time. I, I often tell my clients, uh, uh, I don't care about your dreams. I don't care about your hopes. I don't care about your wishes. As a human being, I care about that stuff. But as your coach, I only care about one thing. What are you willing to commit to? And I actually tell clients before they sign on with me, if you break two promises to me, I'm firing you. Mm -hmm. I'm keeping your money and I'm firing you. I won't work with you because you either want to get better at sales and make more money and help more people or you don't. And if I'm not helping you do that by holding you accountable, then I shouldn't be your coach. So I'm in perfect agreement. And I also find that Look, I'm a pretty disciplined guy and I'm a very determined guy, but I would rather break my arm than break my promise to you, but I'll break my promise to myself if I really have to. And it doesn't take a heck of a lot of coercion. Uh, And the perfect example is dieting. Uh, I've been uh, on a weight loss journey over the last couple of months. I'm almost at my goal. I'm doing really well. But for two years, I said, I need to lose some weight. I want to lose some weight. I'm going to lose some weight. I'll start Monday. I'll do this. I want to, want to, want to. And the truth was nothing was happening because when Monday would come around, it's like, okay, the diet starts today. I really like to have Chinese food tonight. I I, I always eat a lot of white rice with that. And I'm not going to not, I'm not going to deny myself. And the only reason that I'm down, I, I think it's about 28 pounds in the last three months is because I committed. It's commitment. And I am being held accountable. I put it on Facebook that I'm going to do it. I say public, say people what you're committing to in public. The more people that have eyeballs on you, the better off. And I'm actually a member of a Facebook group called the Fat Boy Fit Club, where it's a bunch of guys who are all on the same journey and all checking in. I check in every Friday with my weight loss. And uh, that accountability, I think, is crucial because it's hard to go it alone. Any change, any change, especially so many people fear the unknown. So what would, you know, even painting that picture, what would I look like if I lost weight? What would that, you know, how would people perceive me? There is so the inner critic in our mind is going nonstop. And and we don't realize that till we get in front of somebody or support or hear other people's journey and their their story. So I'm really big on group support along with one on one because I can't be be all things for all people at all times. 
time. So having encouraging people to have group support that are people that are on a similar journey, like you said, the the club online, being a part of these cultures that that lift you up, that inspire you. Um, you know, they say what you're most like the f- closest five people to your life. You know, it's who are you surrounding yourself around? If you're surrounding yourself around people that are negative all the time, it's really hard to push through that and make these changes. And so that's also the encouragement when I work with people like really look at who, who, and then also, are you watching the news? Are you watching, you know, what are you feeding your soul, your brain, your energy, like looking at all those things? Cause all of those things matter when you're trying to make massive shifts and change the dynamic of who you used to be to who you are, you're going to have to make some big changes and some big choices to make that happen. Yep. I want to move on to something else to bring this really uh, bring this back to the group that's watching the salespeople. Absolutely. But you just said something else that uh, before we do that, uh, watching the news, I uh, I'm torn between wanting to be informed and the fact that the news infuriates me most of the time. And I have to admit, I, I'm, I'm a junkie. You know, I'm walking the dog. I'm listening to the news. I'm in the shower. I'm listening to the news because it, it's been a crazy world for the last at least eight years or six or something like that. It's it's not getting any less crazy. And I feel that we're at a very dangerous time. And I, I don't want to be uninformed. There's too much going on. It's too important. But it definitely does. Look, I'm I meditate, I burn incense, I, you know, I'm a peaceful guy, but it does, I, I feel it in my chest that I, I'm getting, you know, I tighten up. It's it's not good. You, you can overdose on that. Yeah. It's boundaries. I mean, if you, if it feels, especially for the line of work that you are, that you're in, if you have to consume the information, then set boundaries. I'm going to, I'm going to watch for 30 minutes. I'm going to watch the highlights of it. And then what am I going to do for self-care afterwards? Because if you know that your demeanor changes, if you know your energy changes, if you know that you tighten up, but you still feel the need that you have to connect in that way, then figure out a way to do self-care on the back end of it to offset it. Yes. Setting boundaries. That would work really well with TikTok because I'm addicted to that one too. Boy, oh boy. That they, whatever they're doing, they are brilliant at it. Cause you know, often I'll go, okay, I'll just look at it for five minutes. Two hours later, it's like, I can't believe. I do a timer. Smart, smart. Maybe I need to put something on my phone that stops me. So let's bring it to sales now. So we've talked about being your authentic self, which, of course, we we all should be. Uh, uh, There there are no shoulds in life, and we do should all of ourselves. But I think it's, it's a better way to live. So what are the benefits of being authentic in sales or in sales management, in business in general? Because I think that a lot of us think we have to put on our sales face. The customer is evaluating us, our product or service, our pricing, all the things we're going to bring to the table. But they're also looking at us as a human being. We want to often act a certain way. And we're concerned that if we don't, they may not do business with us. So how do we be authentic and why is that important in the world of sales? Yeah, well, for one, um, Indeed did a big like... Um, I'm sorry, like a, an evaluation or I can't remember what the word is right now, but uh, 53% of the people that they polled um, said that they were in burnout this past year. And so when we're in, not um, shocking. yeah, when we're, when we're not showing up as our authentic self, when we don't have authentic boundaries or healthy boundaries, um, you're more at risk of burnout. So like most people that are in this world right now are verging onto burnout. And when you're in burnout, you're not showing up healthy at all for anyone. If you get truly to that place, you're anxious, you're depressed, you're sad, you're bringing down everybody. So if I'm a client and I'm meeting with somebody that is like Eeyore in front of me because they're so burnout, they're not happy with life. 
do I want to buy from that person? Do you want to buy from? No, I don't because I feel their energy. It's icky. It's not what I want. So when we start to like have these healthy boundaries and implement um, self-care and self-love and all these things, we show up as our authentic self. That energy is different. People will connect with you. They will buy more from you. They will seek you out where you're not running after them. They're I want more of what that was because if they leave a meeting and they're like, man, I feel good about myself. I don't know what that person had going on, but I want more of that. When we shift, it's scary because you will lose clients, but you will gain the ones that, you know, you think of the client that I'll paint a picture right now. Like think of a client that you've had recently that drained your energy, that wore you out, that called you constantly. That was like nothing. You couldn't make them happy for nothing. But then you've got that ideal, that ideal client over here. You don't have energy for because this other person drain you. So we got to like let go of like prune, let go of those clients that are not in alignment with us, that don't line up with our values. Because when you save space and open up space for the ones that do, you will attract those ideal clients. You will attract the people that um, move you forward to the needle where you're going. It's it's so interesting that you say that because I just had a client uh, end an engagement after five years. And um, obviously, I know a five-year engagement in my business, that's a good engagement, really nice. And, you know, you're depending on the money every month and you're counting on it. And uh, the end, the, I'm not upset about it, but it, it was a bit of a shock because it came out of nowhere. You know, did I do something wrong? Why all of a sudden? And I, he, I don't believe he was being honest with me, but the truth is it was a toxic environment, which was draining. And, you know, after I got up over that initial shock of the phone call in about an hour, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I feel 10 pounds lighter that I don't have to deal with this organization anymore. But here's the best part. A, a competitor of his had reached out to me about a year ago and wanted me to do business with him. And I said, I'm sorry, I'd love to work with you, but I, I, I can't be integrity and work with two companies that do the same thing. It just wouldn't be right. And he called me up the week after I was let go from this other engagement. And, uh, you know, we played phone tag a little and I, then I went in to meet with him. And uh, I, I said, you know, what can I do for you? He goes, well, I'm going to try to talk you into working with me, even though you're working with that other company, because I really want you. And I said, wow, that's incredible, because I, the engagement ended a week ago. So what you said is so true. You know, uh, I always say nature abhors a vacuum. And when one ends, uh, look, while it was a great long-term engagement and, you know, regular money, but that toxicity was was not great. And now here's this other client who just showed up out of nowhere because the space was there. Um, I don't want to be too woo-woo, except woo-woo. That that's really uh, uh, a, a, an incredible coincidence, if you believe in coincidences. Um so if somebody wants to connect with their authentic self, do you have some tips that they can use to do that besides the self-discovery exercise that you were talking about before? Um, I think that's the biggest thing is that. And then like you were talking about with your story, the turkey sandwich, I think that that's a perfect story of stopping yourself and going like really tapping into your, and this, the feeling and emotions. Like if I'm feeling negative, if I'm feeling anxious, if I'm feeling negative emotions, check into yourself and find out why. Is it because I'm not speaking my truth? Is it not because um, I'm around somebody that's negative? Like when you are feeling something, a lot of times we're mirroring what's in our environment or an action that we're taking that is not in integrity with our core values. Pull your core values list out. Look at that and go, what in my life right now is not lining up with that? 
and then start making those shifts. And and the teaser of like, okay, I'm going to tell you that I, I don't like a turkey sandwich. Okay, I didn't die. Good. So pat myself, you do that, oh, you know, celebrate yourself. Like I used my voice. I didn't die. I'm going to do it again tomorrow. And then you build that muscle up and you keep going and you keep doing it. And it can be messy. I don't, I don't like to like sugarcoat it because like I said, you might lose a client and in that place, you might grieve, you might feel uncomfortable and go, you'll be you know, uncomfortable because you've not done this before and that's okay. You won't die, but you will make room for the things that will. And I've seen this in my life multiple times where I'm like, I'm in grieving relationships, grieving loss of business. And then boom, it slides right in that slot and I'm okay. So it's shifting your faith that it will all be at work out. If I show up as my authentic self, I believe I will have an abundant life. I believe that my business will be in alignment and I will be happy, joyous and free because of it. And yep. so it's just little bits at a time. Yeah, I think I might have to make a T-shirt uh, that says, I don't like turkey sandwiches and I'm proud of it. Yes. <laughs> Deep Ken says things happen for a reason. One client ends and another begins. And Phil Danielle says bad customers are like emotional anchors, anchors that stifle your growth. Yes. Couldn't be more true, Phil. So what challenges could somebody face in their self-discovery journey? What, what, what might the obstacles be? Yeah, I think it really is stepping out of your comfort zone. It's uh, you've never done it before. So you may stumble, you may say the wrong thing, you may piss people off, you may come with conflict because of that, because the people that you are around, they're used to the mask that you used to wear. And if you're taking your mask down and you're showing up differently, you may have conflict. And and that's just something that I know when I started doing healthy boundaries and I would talk to my mentors and say, I don't, I don't know why everybody's angry. Well, Oftentimes the people that need healthy boundaries um, or that, yeah, are, are going to be angry because they're the ones that need it, <laughs> you know? And so just being understanding that if those things happen, it's normal, it's okay, keep pushing through, but also check in with yourself and be like, am I being an asshole? Am I really, you know, like, ha what is my intent? Because you also have to check your intent. Like, am I, you know, well, I am an asshole. And so this is how I am. Well. No, like really check yourself there. Like that, that's not needed either. You, you know, you have to ask yourself, am I being harmful or am I being helpful? You know, those are good check-ins as well. So, you know, we, we have to be cognizant of that, but if you truly is your intent is to show up as your authentic self, you will attract the right people, but there's pruning. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I think it's also important to, to use the right languaging. Uh, you know, there's a difference between I'm an asshole and I'm acting like an asshole. And the yes. example I, I quite often give, because uh, I, I teach salespeople that every word they say is important. And one word can be the difference between closing a deal and not. Mm -hmm. And the example I often give is, you know, we're, our, our brain is always listening to us and it wants us to be right. And so if you say I'm an asshole, it's going to keep making you be an I'm fat. It's going to keep making you be fat. And the example I always give is my children. I there's nothing more important to me uh, than my children followed by my, my integrity. And it, it, it's a very close for both of them. But I, I adore my three children. Uh, one is 20. The twins are 19. And in 20 and 19 years, I have never once consciously. I've never once said to my children, you're bad. You're bad. Never once. I have told them you're behaving badly, but not bad because I don't want my kids growing up to think I'm bad. A great example is um, 
my oldest daughter is Avery. Uh, Avery is a special child. Now I know everything, every parent thinks their kids are special and all three of my kids are special, but Avery truly is a special child. She, she walked early. She talked early. She's, she's just one of those kids. She's at the university of Virginia studying aerospace engineering. The math that she does is from another planet. I don't get it. She's just one of those kids. And when Avery was learning to walk as all kids do, you know, they boost themselves up on something and they stumble a couple steps and then they fall flat on their face. And because they don't know that in life, when you get beaten down, you stay down, they get back up and they do it again until they learn how to walk. Mm -hmm. My ex-wife with zero malice at all, just to be funny, always used to say, Avery, you're such a klutz to, you know, one and a half year old. Mm -hmm. And she, or she'd look at me and go, Avery's such a klutz, isn't she? It, only doing it to be funny. Well, guess what my 20 year old, wonderful, amazing daughter thinks she is. She thinks she's a klutz. She's not. But she thinks she is because she's heard it so much. And the words that we say to people and the internal, the, the, the self-talk that we have affects us every single day. And I find it, it can be a real challenge to stop that, especially for yourself. And I often say, you know, if you don't want to know what little voice I'm talking about, it's the little voice that just said, what little voice is Jeff talking about? Mm -hmm. But for most of us, and I, I, I'm no exception, you know, it's always, you're not enough. You're too stupid. Who are you to do that? Blah, 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 blah. And my coaching is always, look, catch yourself doing it, but be gentle. Don't beat yourself up. Just say, oh, I just told myself I was fat. I'm not fat. I'm a little overweight right now, but I'm on my journey to get my right size body. Or I'm not stupid. I did ask, I had this happen just yesterday. And I, I don't remember what I did, but my first thought was, oh, you're such an idiot. No, no, I'm not an idiot. I acted stupidly in this particular instance, but it, it's just a more powerful way. And, and I, I believe that your brain always wants to make you right. So we need to feed it with good, positive thoughts about us. And nobody's perfect. You know, yeah. sometimes, look, sometimes I am an asshole. Mm -hmm. Cut me off in traffic. You're going to find out how much of an <laughs> asshole I am. Um, what, what is the Fearless Speaking paid Playground? Uh, Fearless Speaking Playground. So we are a collective group of um, entrepreneurs, coaches, sales professionals, um, all in this community, a membership group. And we do uh, coaching once a week and just allow people to learn how to speak their voice fearlessly. A lot of people are scared to get in front of a crowd, in front of a client um, or do live videos, but that can like build your business. And so we have a community of people that are learning no matter what level they're at, they're encouraged, that it's a heart centered community. And uh, we just love people where they're at and help them build and grow. And um, we collaborate, we do networking, we do events. Um, and so for anybody that's new to speaking or wants to expand, um, we'd love to have you guys, you're welcome to come the Fearless Speaking Playground. It's just a really, we all need community. And especially if you're an independent leader, um, it can be very, very lonely to be to keep showing up as this the strong individual. You need safe spaces to be vulnerable and say, I need help in this area. I don't know how to do the social media live. I don't know how to connect with my client. What can I do here? How can I shift? And so we coach each other through it. And um, it's just a loving community. And, and so anybody's well, it's five bucks a month like to be able to be a part of that mastermind group of loving community. So that is fantastic. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it's, I think an invaluable skill to be able to speak in front of people. And I know I'm, I'm wired up weird. Uh, and I only, I know that because my mentor in the speaking and training business told me that very shortly after me meeting him, we went to Boston together to do some talks and we're having a martini the night before. And he goes, you're going to be really great in this business. You want to know why I'm like, yeah, I'd really like to know why he goes, because you're weird. I'm like, <laughs> excuse me? He goes, well, 
most human beings, their greatest fear in life is speaking in front of a crowd. In fact, in studies that are done, their number one fear is public speaking, followed by death, followed by snakes, which means most people would rather get bit by a snake and die than speak in front of an audience. But you, Jeff, you wait for the moment when people say, ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce Jeff Goldberg. And it's true. And I used to be a member of the National Speakers Association. And I've, every speaker I've spoken to says, oh, I get butterflies every time before I go on. Not me. I'm like a racehorse saying, just say my name so I can get out there. Not that that's good or, well, it's good for me, but it's not that it's right or wrong. It's just that's the way I'm wired up. But for most people, they really fear it. And for you to have a group that can help people bring that out, because like anything else, it's a learned skill. Yes. You know, I just happen to be having an overabundance of confidence and belief in my ability to communicate with an audience. But mm -hmm. most people, it is terrifying. So that's a great thing for you to have. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I know you also do is you help people achieve optimal health. And that, that's crucial, especially as I get older and older, I find it more and more important to pay attention to my physical health. You know, when you're 20 years old, it's like I'm invincible and I'm going to live forever. Uh, being my age now, I'm, I'm, I'm closer to death than I am to life. I think unless something crazy happens, I keep threatening my children. I'm going to live to 120 because I got married late in life. And my children are still young and I want to see them do a lot of stuff. But I am closer to the back nine than the front nine. So mm -hmm. it's important. So what suggestions do you have for people that they can do to achieve optimal health? Yeah, for me, I was a health coach through Optavia. And so I lost 38 pounds three years ago when I've kept it off. So I think it's getting your body in movement and really, you know, finding time and being intentional with that, whatever that looks like for you, um, whatever skill level you're at, get your body moving. Um, it comes with mind, body, spirit. So it is it is a, a mind thing as well. Getting your mind right when you're when you're getting there, it's setting that intention of what you're doing. Um, it's about balance. You know, depending on what your goals are, you may have to do calorie deficits. You may have to make big shifts, but it's all about mindfulness and what your intention is and how you need to change. For me, what works best for my body is to eat small meals multiple times through the day. Some people, it works better for the intermittent fasting. So you find what works for you, but be kind to your body. And also, it doesn't have to be so restrictive. Um, you can enjoy life. There's a balance to it. At least that's my opinion. But it depends on what your goals are. You may have to be hyper-focused for a short amount of time and then maintain it. Um, so it, it really does it, meeting with a coach and figuring out what works for you. Cause there's so many different things and there's so much conflicting information. Be okay. Finding the roadmap and the blueprint that works for you. Mm, yeah. Uh, and I find sometimes it's very simple stuff and also surprising stuff. Um, I have not really studied this, but uh, you know, I, I learn as I go. Uh, one of the things that was very interesting for me was, not this time, but the last time I lost weight, I did something called bright line eating. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, bright line eating, it was, uh, it was devised by a neuroscientist. So she's not a dietitian. She studies how the brain works and it really fascinating stuff. Uh, she is 100% against well, the, the, the bright line eating. There are four bright lines and one of them is no sugar. Mm -hmm. And fascinating how sugar lights up the same centers of pleasure in your brain that cocaine does. It's amazingly addictive. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the other things I, they have you do is you measure your food mm -hmm. and you're watching, you know, what you're eating so that you're not eating too much. You're actually eating tons. You're just eating less meat and lots more veggies, which changes your life. But one of the things that I started noticing was because you can only eat for a guy's eight ounces of protein in a meal for ladies six. And I started looking at the calories, the difference between eating meat, which I used to love, I, nothing better than a great burger or a great steak, 
or eating chicken, it's about half the calories for the same amount of food. And once I started saying, well, I'm really trying to lose some weight. So I was eating a lot more chicken, a lot more fish. And eventually I got to the point where, you know what? I don't even really like steak that much anymore or not, not like it. I still enjoy it when I do eat it. And I don't, I didn't completely stop, but it's certainly not part of my, you know, weekly, maybe once a month, I'll have some meat, maybe even once every two months. But I thought it would be like really deprivation. I don't care. I, I, I eat things that taste good. One of my affirmations in the morning is I eat delicious, healthy meals that help support my my proper weight. Um, so well, I wanted to make a point what you just shared about it's all about self-awareness. So it comes to journaling. What am I eating? What like looking at that that picture of, you know, how many calories is that now I get to make a decision. But when we're mind mindlessly doing it, we're not aware. So like the core values is self-awareness, Enneagram, self-awareness, doing a food journal and figuring out what you're putting in your body. It all, The foundation of all of this, everything we're talking about to shift, to get to your authentic self, it starts with self-awareness. That's the yep. foundation. Yeah. And that is one of the bright lines. The night, be the night before you plan out your meals for the next day and you write them down and you eat only what you write down, including while you're cutting up your salad and everything, you're not popping a carrot into your mouth. You're just eating what you plan. And then you have another journal that says, what did you really do? Did you do what you said you were going to do? Did you drink enough water? all that stuff. Uh, back from a little bit before, Steve says, Steve Kent says, words can hurt or lift someone up, choose yours carefully. And Valerie Heffron, who seems to like you says, thanks for another excellent guest. Hi, Holly. Can you please pair, share the mastermind link? Sure. So uh, if you'll check later, Holly, maybe we'll come into our Facebook group and uh, share the link for you, Valerie. Mm -hmm. uh, we've still got a few minutes. Tell me about, I'm going to, I'm saving my, my real big question uh, for, for last, but uh, tell me about loving on your inner child and being playful. When I read that on your website, I'm like, yeah, because I'm just, I'm a 16 year old, 66 year old. And really I'm an eight year old, 66 year old. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I love to play, but talk about the importance of that. Because my experience is people, once they get out of into adulthood and you've got maybe a family and you got to make a living and there's rent or mortgage span, all that stuff, it's like, the joy goes out. And so, so why is that so important? How do you love on yourself? Yeah, we got to, you know, tap back into the things that brought us joy. Again, when you do your core values and you look at what your happy, happy times and times when you're joyous, do more of that. So take some time to self-reflect. When I was a kid, what did I enjoy doing? Did I enjoy going to the playground, go swinging? Did I enjoy doing bubbles, blowing bubbles? Did I enjoy going in um, like movies, amusement parks? Like I took my kids last week to an amusement park and I cried on the way up because I was looking at my six-year-old because he's finally tall enough to ride the ride that I would have loved as a kid. And I'm like, I get to do this with him. And I've, I mean, I want to tear up now because I'm like, this is joy. Like not only that I get to experience something I enjoyed as a kid, but now I get to do it with my kids. I get to feel it with him. And he had a smile and he gets off the roller. He's like, I did it. And I wasn't scared. And I'm like, high five, you know? So, so we weird. have to stop and make sure that we're putting joy in our day. And it could be putting on music for one minute and dancing your heart out. Even if you feel uncomfortable, do it. And please do it. If you feel uncomfortable singing in the grocery store, singing in your car, bringing play, going to see Jeff Goldberg at a comedy show. Good Don't idea. Laugh. Like I put on dry bar comedy and on uh, YouTube and listen to it. You know, whatever we can do to add play in our day, especially if you have a high stressful job, you need it. You need it. I mean, we all need it. But like if you're high intensity and you're stressed out, 
got to find times. It could be five minutes a day, but it will make a big impact. Stressful job or not, we are living in stressful times. Dance like nobody's watching, yes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, so so here's, there, here's the question I've been holding back. What is the solo date challenge? Who is it for? What is it? I got to know about this. Mm -hmm. So I say the solo date challenge is for anybody and everybody. So we empower people to learn to love themselves through intentional and unapologetic solo dating. And so really it is for all people of all ages. I started out helping women originally and my higher power God said, nope, you need to start helping men too because men need this too. So I actually have two Facebook groups, one for men and one for women and whatever you identify with, if that's not who, feel free to join. And um, so I've taken these women over the past two years on a journey. There's 1,400 women in the group over 24 countries because this is not just a U.S. epidemic. We all need to learn how to love ourselves. And so it's about filling your cup. It's about discovering what brings you joy. It's about doing things unapologetically, um, especially for women. We are tr um, trained and conditioned to give, 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 give. You come last. Um, but the reality is, is when we're pouring from an empty cup, that love that we pour out to everybody else, that energy we give out, it's stagnant, it's stale, it's icky. It is not the best energy we can put out in the world. But if we flip that and we pour into our cup, it's like putting the ox oxygen mask on first. You know, we you've probably heard that scenario. If, we're, if the plane's going down, you got to put the oxygen mask on first because you can't save anybody else. It's the same concept. We've got to do self-care. So taking care of your body. We've got to do self-care, taking care of our mental health, reading, feeding our soul, boundaries around news and toxic information, boundaries around the people that we're around, but being intentional. So for me, like this weekend, I'm going to a women's conference because that lines up with my core values. Growth is one of my top core values and connection. So I'll share with you mine real quick. Um, connection, service, freedom, creativity, and growth. And so I'm going to choose solo dates that line up with that. It may not be the manicure, pedicure, massage that most people think of. For me, it's I'm going hiking with a friend after this call because I love nature and freedom and creativity and connection. So that is a solo date for me. Even though I'm with somebody, I'm doing it intentionally for me. Uh, so solo date doesn't mean you're alone. Not always. Now, it is some like going taking yourself to a restaurant. If you've never done that before, do it. I dare you to do it because so many people just like speaking. No, I would never go to a restaurant by myself. What would people think? Then exactly that's what you need to do, because who cares what they think? If you're going to feed your body, who cares what anybody thinks if you're sitting there? Go do the things that that you might be scared to do and challenge yourself. Also, one other note, if you're jealous, if you're watching people on Facebook and you're jealous, oh, they went to this concert or they went to this, whatever it is, I challenge you to go find a way to make that happen for yourself because really your soul is saying, I want to do that and don't wait for other people to do it with you. Go do that because that's what's important to you. I, I struggled for a long time with this concept personally. Uh, because I am wired up weird. And the truth is, I love being alone. I go to concerts alone. I go to movies alone. I go to me and a book uh, going out to a restaurant. I, don't get me wrong. I like being with other people sometimes. But a lot of my job involves being with other people. And I truly love my alone time. Uh, one of the things I said to my ex-wife, the mother of my children, a few years back when it was, one, it was the twins' birthday and we all went out to dinner. And I was sitting next to her and I leaned over. I said, I have to thank you because you gave me the two greatest gifts of my life. You gave me my three kids 
and my freedom to do what I like to do, which is mostly be alone. I wasn't a terrific husband. Not that I was abusive or anything. I'm not. I'm, I'm a nurturer and I, I'm sweet, but I, I'm not meant to be married, I don't think. Uh, I do want to be in a relationship. Here's my perfect relationship. Call you up on Friday. You want to get some sushi? Yes? No? That's okay. Want to get together and go out to, to see a Broadway show? Great. No, that's okay, too. One of my favorite things, I got to tell you, and it almost feels bad to say it, is <laughs> when people make plans with me and at the last minute break them, most people are pissed off for me. It's like, thank God I don't have to leave my couch and I can watch TV with my dog. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So so I'm a big fan of Solo. Look, we're out of time. I could talk to you all day because you're delicious. Um, any last thoughts that you'd like to? Oh, wait, before we do that, I'd like to share my screen. And if you would please tell people while I'm setting that up, here we go. Uh, how can people reach you if they'd like to get in touch with you to work with you or just want more information? What's the best way to reach you? Yes. Yeah, so you can find me on Facebook at Holly Hartman or look for Solidate Challenge. Join my group, Solidate. their free groups and all supportive. You can go to mindful-missions.com or solidatechallenge.com. Find me on either one of those platforms looking for those words. You will find me. I love connection. So send me a personal message and the Fearless Playground will be linked in my bio on my Facebook or my Instagram page. So you can find that there. Okay. And is there a phone number that you'd like to give out or do you prefer people just reach you through social media? Uh, probably social media, but I don't mind giving it out later. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Any last thoughts? Uh, you know, just show up authentically. Try it. If you've never tried it, dip your toe in. You will be amazed by the shifts that you'll feel and the people that you'll attract in your world and you'll start living your life the way you dreamed. That's great. So often when I do these, especially when it's not really obviously directly related to sales, I often have a concern. Oh, boy, I, I, I know it's going to be great for me. I hope it's good for the audience. But the comments, uh, here's another one. Uh, hold on. Let me just bring it up before we go. Great discussion, Jeff Goldberg and Holly Hartman. So. Holly Hartman, thank you so much for sharing your brilliance generous with, with me and with everybody in the Sales Pro Network. I truly appreciate it. And I'll end as I always do. Folks, please remember that sales is a game of making things happen. So get out there and make sales happen. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bye, y'all.